G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. It's Australia Day, and as mentioned previously, the social and spiritual context of Britain when it started the new colony in New South Wales determined the type of colony that was started. The values, principles and practices in the new colony reflected Britain and the key influences of Britain in the late 18th century. The evangelical revival that had swept through Britain in the second half of the 18th century and many of its key influences had either been directly or indirectly affected by servants of God, such as John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, William Wilberforce, and John Newton. One example of this is that slavery was banned as a potential labor force in the new colony. This was revolutionary at the time, because slave labor was used in many parts of the world, and especially in the founding of new colonies and frontiers, to help establish and develop these fledgling economies. But it was this capital idea. Oh, what a capital idea. We'll all go off to Australia. We're going to start something. Oh, wonderful. And who could we get to actually head it all up, you know? And so it had nothing to do with sort of making money in the first instance. It had a lot to do with with religious and liberal, as it were, in the small sense of, of new ideas of what you could do that was so different. So Australia was the first place in the world to ban slavery. And as I went through the list, these are the, oh, no, I can't have slavery, you know. Wesley and, and, um, and Wilberforce are against it. We can't have that, you know. And so they went through. And so it, it just struck me, what a capital idea. And what an incredible thought that Australia was the first nation in the world to ban slavery. And the proof of that, uh, that you do mention in your book, is mm. that while there was to be no slavery in Australia at the time when the first fleet arrived, this was 40 years before the official ban on slavery came into effect in England. So it when is, you say yeah. we're first, this is actually historic fact. This is a sorry fact that they discussed the issue of slavery because, I mean, um, when you hear about the slave traders taking slaves to America, they weren't catching the slaves. They were only pulling their ships up at the dock and buying the slaves. And I thought, well, who's, who's selling these slaves? Oh, oh, no. It's Africans, one tribe against another. The Arabs have been practicing it ever since and still have a form of slavery in the Middle East. But it was, it was the people that could make money out of, out of um, selling human flesh and life. And even there were some tribes that say, right, we're selling you five blokes as slaves because we need the money from the slave trade. So, you know, it's a complicated thing. So it was, it, was, it was part of what we would call, like we're still doing it in a sense, we still have this capital idea that we need places like China where the labor's cheap. So this cheap labor idea has been going on for hundreds of years. And so... Um, when, Austra- when they said, well, there'll be no slavery, it was really radical stuff um, to have a colony without slaves. And referring back to historians Stuart Piggins and Robert Linder, who wrote of this era, 
They said before and most intensely, at the same time as the decision was made to establish a settlement in New South Wales, evangelicals were developing a strategy to cooperate with God to bring in the millennium and extend the knowledge of the gospel over all the earth. So for the Christians of Britain who were committed to many social and political reforms, banning slavery was an extension of their faith and their compassion for humanity, regardless of the people's racial background. So with with, with the Wesley story, you can read what a phenomenal story it is and the the thousands of people who came to see him. But what people don't realize that he went up to this prison called Newgate Prison in Bristol, and it was awful. It was absolutely, he said, it was um, shameful the way people were being treated. So he started to take blankets and food into the prison. Well, they, they decided they didn't like him in the prison and they banned him from the Newgate prison. So he kept bringing himself. So he went around, he visited uh, 59 prisons in 90 days. Now, he would have been on horse, 59 prisons. So he started the movement to reform the prison system of England. And I've got no idea. And that, and he wrote his first paper on slavery in fifty four, seventeen fifty four. He began his his um his move against slavery. The evidence of God's hand being upon the decision and outworking to forbid slavery in the new colony is also seen in the two key influences behind the appointment of Australia's first chaplain. William Wilberforce, who later helped abolish slavery in the British Empire, and John Newton, a former slave trader who repented and later wrote the song Amazing Grace, were the voices in William Pitt's ear encouraging the appointment of Reverend Richard Johnson as our first chaplain. Neither of these men would have tolerated or supported a colony that allowed slavery to be part of of its fabric and its culture. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.